Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Welcome to a special episode of the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the constantly caffeinated Clinton Robison, and you might even say this episode is a special blend. The release date of this episode marks the 100th birthday of the late great king of comics, Jack Kirby. Anybody who is anybody in comic fandom has most likely heard of Jack, and even if they haven't, they have definitely been aware of some of the characters and concepts he helped create. From the Fantastic Four, the Incredible Hulk, and the Silver Surfer at Marvel, to Guardian and the Pantheon of the Fourth World characters at DC, Jack Kirby was everywhere and full of creative energies. Instead of his more seminal creations, I thought I'd look at a little something Kirby helped with off and on throughout the second half of his career. It's a little book called Phantom Force. Phantom Force was the last comic book which Jack Kirby worked on before his death. The story was co-written by Kirby with Michael Thibodeau and Richard French, based on an eight-page pitch for an unused Bruce Lee comic in 1978. Issues 1 and 2 were published by Image Comics, with various Image artists inking over Kirby's pencils. Issue number 0 and issues number 3 to 8 were published by Genesis West, with Kirby providing pencils for issues number 0 and 4. Thibodeau provided art for the remaining issues of the series after Kirby died. I'll be looking at issue 0 today. Phantom Force number 0 from Genesis West Publishing. Written by Jack Kirby, Michael Thibodeau, and Richard French. Pencils by Jack Kirby and Michael Thibodeau. Inks by Marty Lasik and Michael Thibodeau. Colors and Letters, both by Richard French. Editor, Donna Whitney. Over 4,000 years ago, a spaceship streaks toward a planet that shall one day be called Earth. The ship's lone occupant is known as Mystico. He is the only member of his race to not have given up a physical body in favor of spiritual enlightenment. He has adopted this world as his new home, but he may end up having to defend it in the far future. In the present day, an entirely different spacecraft approaches Earth. Its crew is here for a much less benign purpose. They have come to re-establish contact with a hidden outpost on Earth, but upon entering the atmosphere, their ship begins to disintegrate. The alien commander Darkfire does his best to preserve his ship and crew in the ensuing crash, but only a few manage to make it. Having made their way to the hidden outpost, Darkfire now spends his time learning about Earth's governments and how best to infiltrate these governments in order to conquer the populace. He finds a person who he feels will serve his needs, a Dr. Totsky, 
head of the U.S. government UFO task force. Darkfire and his team attack Dr. Totsky that evening, and Darkfire takes on Totsky's appearance and absorbs his memories. Darkfire quickly learns that he may have overestimated Dr. Totsky's level of influence in government organizations, but his plans will move slowly forward. Back at his fortress, Darkfire uses Totsky's knowledge and memories while in a trance to discover those with abilities that may also stand in his way. They are Sensei, Probe, Genius, Apocalypse, and a fifth unnamed member. Darkfire realizes that he needs to be proactive and endeavors to seek these beings out and destroy them before they can destroy him. Okay, let's take a quick promo break and I'll be back with my thoughts. My name is Michael Bailey and I am a terrible geek. I don't watch Doctor Who, I don't care for anime. I've never seen any of the Harry Potter films, much less read the books. I like Star Wars and Star Trek okay, but I've never really ventured far into the extended universes of either property. Hell, I have never even watched a single episode of The Walking Dead. So what do I like? Comic books. I've been reading and collecting comic books since 1987, and I've been a fan of superheroes for as long as I can remember. Some would consider this a hobby but I prefer to look at it as what it truly is, a crippling addiction that I may never recover from. To deal with this borderline personality disorder, I started a podcast in 2007 called Views from the Long Lost. Every two weeks, or so, depending on real life, I pick a particular series or issue or character or whatever to talk about, and then I, well, well I talk about them, because that's kind of the point of a podcast. Sometimes I'm alone. Sometimes I have a guest, like my semi-regular co-host, The Irredeemable Shag, or my other semi-regular co-host, Thomas DJ, or with another friend from the podcasting world. The show is located at www.viewsfromalongbox.com, and from there you can find the iTunes link, the email address, as well as the backlog of episodes. Views from the Longbox. A podcast about comics, or a desperate cry for help? You decide. Every other Tuesday... So, depending on real life, at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com. Wow, that was the backstory behind Phantom Force, eh? Okay. I guess maybe I was expecting something a little closer to Kirby's Fourth World stuff. But that was before I knew the history of the concept. Kirby didn't create the entire concept of Phantom Force, but he did help the others flesh out the story. Ignoring who the creative team is and instead focusing on the story itself, it's fine. Nothing too original or amazing here. Honestly, if anything, it's a little bland and disconnected. What does Mystico have to do with anything that comes later? Obviously, without the main series, I can't answer that. He comes across more, more of a bad parody of Scientology, in my opinion. I assume he's there to you know, 
probably be the source of the future hero's powers, but, I mean, honestly, th there's nothing explained here. Darkfire is a pretty cliche villain, but I'm not looking for much more from him. I mean, you can look at the cover, and he's pretty demonic looking. That's you, you, what you see is what you get kind of thing. I honestly would have liked to learn much more about the actual Phantom Force members other than a virtual pinup gallery at the end of the book. The Who's Who approach is nice, but not great. They could have just published a Phantom Force source book instead. I mean, this was the 90s. At least that section is full of Kirby's art. Speaking of, aside from the pages of Phantom Force members, Kirby only drew a handful of other pages, mostly establishing scenery shots of Earth. Kirby's pages are without reproach, though. Assuming he drew them closer to publication, you know, the, the early 90s, as opposed to, you know, sometime in the 70s or 80s. Kirby's artistic skills remained unfettered by that time. Time and health problems did not affect at all. Again, assuming he did those closer to publication. Thibodeau does a decent enough job mimicking Kirby's style so that readers won't be too shocked by the different artists working on the book. But it's still obvious even to me when Kirby is present, and when he is merely influencing the style. Still, I have seen far worse attempts to pull off a Kirby imitation, so it's decent enough, I suppose. This book was published just a few months after Kirby's death in 1994, and it has a small dedication to him in the back. Truly, these were creators who knew and loved Jack Kirby, and didn't want any of his ideas or concepts to vanish from existence. If you are looking for something that looks like a bridge between some of Kirby's Silver Age work at Marvel and his Bronze Age work at DC, this may be for you. Obviously, Kirby helped with the story in the late 70s and 80s, but it's plain to see some of his Fantastic Four era concepts mingle with his Fourth World era ideas into a blend that can only be called campy sci-fi comics. Kirby's costume designs for the Phantom Force characters are all very much his own, and it shows. But the plot may be lacking for some. I can only suggest this for die-hard Kirby fans and those seeking something a little different from their usual superhero fare. But even then, I truly hope you find this in the cheapest of cheap bins available to you. One more promo break, and I'll be back with listener feedback. The Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that taste forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler, and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2 in 1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what?
Coming to media players everywhere in 2017 from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beginning with the origin of his comic book fandom and ending with the destruction of the universe. Professor Zoom Yukinori leads a monthly expedition through his favorite single-issue comic book stories from the Bronze Age of DC Comics. While promising unique celebrity guest perspectives in an ambitious attempt to set this program apart from other comic book review podcasts. Thrill to the imagination. Bask in the brilliance. Experience the wonder of... The Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show. Discover how compressed storytelling can broaden one's mind. Listen for it wherever Fire and Water Podcast Network podcasts are networking. I'm going to have some coffee. What do you want? Some uh, milk or uh, what? Milk? Coffee's fine. Drink it. I'm hip. I don't know. This is espresso, you know? It's like coffeezilla. I said I'm hip. And we're back. It's time for Espresso Yourself, the feedback portion of the show. Last episode, which as a reminder covered a story featuring the Black Owl from Prize Comics number 10, proved to be quite popular with listeners. On Twitter, the episode received likes and retweets from Mark D. White. Professor Frenzy, Chris of Bat Books for Beginners, Cash Flag, Film and Water Podcast, Hostess Ads, Gregor Rougeau, Sam Lowe, Relatively Geeky Network, Long Box of Darkness, which is a new blog and podcast dedicated to horror comics, Comics in the Golden Age, Gideon Noons, Joe Crawford, Craig Peterson, Pietro Blaxamoff, Steve Sellers, Lawrence Kinkis Art, Casadaga Medium, Laurel at Mountain Flower One, Longbox Crusade, Captain Marvel 75, John Dredge, Warlock Thanos Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, Terence Castongue, Sandy Flinch, Ange of the Comic Box Commentary Blog, Gulliver Foyle, William Doc Grant, Diablo Frank of the Rolled Spine Network, Vinicius Carriero, Treasury Comics, Abel Padilla, Superhero Network, Xenozoic Xenophiles, Shannon Stamey, and Reggie Reggie of the Cosmic Treadmill. On Facebook, likes and shares came from Greg Rougeau, Nicholas Prom, Pat Sampson, The Longbox Crusade, and Comics in the Golden Age. If I have said any names wrong or missed anybody, please let me know, and I will correct that in the future. No new iTunes reviews, but we did get some feedback on the episode. Many people said kind words on the episode in general, and a few said they were now interested in reading more about our friend the Black Owl. On Twitter, Lauren Skinkisart said that he loves these kind of Golden Age covers, and that it would have been more than enough to convince him to buy it. I have to agree, since it was the cover that initially drew me to it, 
and made me want to read more about the Black Owl. Good call, Lauren. The cover is what hooked me big time. Jerry Green, good friend of this show and co-host of Bat Books for Beginners, said, Great episode. Love the simplicity of the Golden Age. You made it fun, and thanks for using the promo. You are very welcome, Jerry. Figured a Batman knockoff could pair with a Batman show fairly well. Glad you enjoyed the episode, and hopefully it will serve as a good excuse for you to dive into more Golden Age stories when you have the time. I guess that about sums it up for this episode. Just a reminder, you can always find the show on the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, on Twitter at coffeeandcomicsblog, and on Facebook. Or you can just email me directly at coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com. So, join us here next time on the Coffee and Comics Podcast, where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. if it's running a little longer than your coffee break, but this is a Kirby special after all.